Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 47. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals and students of the industry? It's your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry, and we do that by taking the advice of some of the industry's most successful restaurant professionals and apply their advice in our own life. I have a great show for you today, and uh, I can't wait to hit play, but you know the routine. Please connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, Twitter. I'm out there. I'm easy to find, and I would love to get your opinions on the show and find out who you want to hear from. Uh, just tell me what you want to learn, who you think would be a great guest, and whatever else I can do to serve you, and I'll do my best to make it happen. Please don't forget to share my content with anybody you think might be interested or could benefit from these lessons, from these incredible guests. And, uh... Don't forget that I would love a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and any other place you can find me. Any kind of review would be incredible. Uh, You have no idea how much it helps me with getting noticed, and uh, I would be so incredibly grateful if you could just do that for me. Uh, So thank you in advance. And uh, that's all I have to share today. As always... Head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 47 for all the show notes and links to everything we discuss and talk about. And uh, you're going to want to do that because today's guest drops some big old bombs of knowledge you'll want to check out. Here it is. Enjoy. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Nick Callius. Nick, are you ready to drop some bombs of knowledge? Of course I am. (laughs) I can't wait. Um, So I'll just give a quick introduction, Nick, then I'll pass it over to you. Uh, Today's guest, Nick, got his start in the restaurant biz at the age of 11. Uh, Now, with over 20 years of culinary experience, coupled with passion for his craft, creative and artistic talent, and his strong leadership role, Nick Callius uh, leads the culinary operation at the uh, Colonnade Hotel in Brasserie Joe. Uh, Recently named 2013 Boston Chapter American Culinary Federation uh, Chef of the Year. Nick, uh, say hello and uh, give us a quick introduction uh, and the background of how you uh, got to where you are today. Great. How you doing, Eric? Um, yeah, my name is Nick Callis. I'm the, as Eric, I'm the executive chef at the Colonnade Hotel. I'm also the director of food and beverage and corporate chef for the company. You know, I started way back when, when I was about 11, my parents owned a restaurant. You know, I have to tell you what a medium rare steak was before I could throw a curveball. It's just been, you know, something that I've I think I was born to do it. So I've been doing it for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, throughout my career, traveling all over the country, cooking in hotels and, and doing things, spawned up in Boston, uh, pretty much the perfect place for me. Awesome, man. I think that was the fastest introduction ever on Restaurant Unstoppable. Very efficient and uh, to the point. Good stuff. The next question I have for you, Nick, is uh, what is your success quarter mantra? We like to start every show off on a positive note. So this is your opportunity to do just that. You know, I tell everyone I meet and all the young cooks and, you know, one of the chefs, the same thing I tell everybody is that 
it's a passion. Love to cook or don't do it. You know, to be a chef, it has to come from within. You have to love to cook. You can't like to cook. If you like to cook, stay at home, make dinner for friends and family. To love to cook is to be a chef. It's something you do, you breathe, you think, you read, you dream, you're always doing it. Um, I think it drives my family crazy because every time I'm off work, it's all I'm doing still. It's working because, you know, that's what chefs do. It's a nonstop feel that you constantly have to be better. You have to constantly think. You have to innovate and reinnovate and keep doing things to be ahead of everybody else. I mean, that's that's so true, and that's uh, such a common uh, word that comes into every interview is the word passion. And uh, so many of my guests, uh, they just, they're, they're so passionate about what they do. It's it's that passion that makes them successful and that uh, ability to just focus on what you love. Um, and if, you, if you're able to do that, eventually the money comes. But don't get into this industry if you're looking to make money. Um, do it because you can't think of anything not. else. Yeah. So uh, great advice and a great mantra to live by. So uh, what would you say your it factor is, Nick? Uh, like personal skills or characteristics do you have that you think contribute to your success? For me, it's my work ethic. Something my father still to me when I was 11 years old. You know, I was in eighth grade working 60 hours a week right after, you know, after school, in the restaurant, cooking, cleaning, dishwashing, and a strong work ethic. If I didn't have my strong work ethic, I definitely wouldn't be where I am now. You know, with the passion of love, you can be a chef. You can be a great chef. But it's that work ethic that's going to drive you to do more and to work harder. You know, being a chef in this day and age, you know, holidays are gone. Mm-hmm. You know, birthdays are gone. Weekends are gone. Nights are gone. It's a toll in relationships for many, many chefs. You know, and it's it's a... For me, it was just all about work ethic. You know, you put that work ethic through, you know, and things happen for you. You know, because yeah. everyone's going to see, you know, I need someone to rely on. I'm the call chef. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, Nick, it's something that can you, hold. can you think of a time where uh, that work ethic kind of got you out of a gym, this this it factor that you have? Um, can you bring us down to a moment where if you didn't have your work ethic, you wouldn't, you don't think you'd be where you are today? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, after I was the executive chef for uh, Sheridan for many years, I was part of a um, – corporate task force team for a company called HGI, and we had a GM's conference in Baltimore, so they called me and said, we want you to come down and be one of the chefs of the conference. I said, okay, great. We got into the kitchen at 6 in the morning on Saturday. I left the kitchen at Monday morning at 11 p.m., um, and then I went back in the kitchen Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. and left Wednesday. <laughs> you know, and that, you know, even the chefs that I was with, there was a couple of subjects that I go, I'm popping off the walls, I'm just going through all these things, and they look at me like, what is wrong with you? Mm. Don't you want to go to sleep? <laughs> well, no. It's a lot of stuff to get done. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's drive. Yeah. You know, if I didn't have that work ethic and that drive, I, and I would have been in bed sleeping, wake up and they said, oh, how, how in trouble are we now? Mm. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I always take a lot of pride in making sure that my boss doesn't worry. My boss trusts that he knows I'm going to get it done. That's awesome. And uh, that's, if I didn't have that work ethic that day, I would have been done <laughs> yeah, and if you think you're if you're the kind of person that finds yourself just always looking for something to do and hates being bored and can never just sit still and uh finds himself when they're busy at work me personally i know when i'm at work and it's busy i love it i can't stand it when it's slow at work i, I go crazy and i'm sure that's just a very it's that uh, that willingness and just constant drive to search for work and to stay busy um i'm sure that does contribute to your success and accompanied with your passion um i mean i'm sure you're just unstoppable so uh, the next question i have for you nick is uh your favorite restaurant experience in this industry we have so many experiences and many of these experiences and stories act as like lifelong lessons so can you think of a great story maybe it was an aha moment maybe it was a self-actualization moment or just a funny ass story that you'd like to share with us and uh maybe what we learned from that story 
No, in 2001, I opened up the Sheraton Baton Rouge with a couple of the chefs for Stockwood Hotels. And, you know, a bunch of us chefs, you know, like, hey, we're in New Orleans. Let's go to Emerald's place. So we were at dinner at Elmo's de Monaco. And it's like, yeah, we really want to go to NOLA. So we talked to the GM there. We knew four chefs from across the country. They get us into NOLA. So we're talking with a corporate chef, Richard Fay, at that point. And he said, chef, so we're going to go to NOLA on Saturday. He's like, all right, or Friday, rather. He's like, all right, have fun. Bless. Like, you know, knock yourselves out. Then the corporate general manager that was there is like, okay, so Friday night we're going out to dinner as a team. We're like, oh, we're going to NOLA. They're like, no, you're not. You're coming with us. <laughs> so, you know, as chefs, we were pretty bummed because that was his namesake restaurant. Back in 2001, especially then, Emerald was huge. We're like, oh, we got to try it. So they ended up bringing us to this little restaurant or house. So we don't know what it really was. And it was in the middle of a swamp. Okay. And we go in the back, and there was a fire pit. In the fire pit, there was a pot. In the pot was a guy, an old guy making jambalaya. Oh, man. It was the most simplest food I've ever had in my life. But to this day, it was the best meal I've ever had in my life. Oh, man. You know, all of us just sat around the pot for hours eating and talking to this guy, trying to get his recipe, which he wouldn't give us. And it was the most amazing meal we've ever had. And we're so glad we missed Nola because we wouldn't have experienced that. And all of us just looked around and just basically, you know what? Simplicity is key. Don't overcomplicate things. Just make them right. Good techniques, good food, and passion is going to make a better meal than all the fancy stuff you can do. And that was one turning point for us, especially as a group of chefs trying to bring their banquet world and their hotel world into a different vision for food that really is home with us, that simplicity works. And to this day, you know, my food doesn't have a ton of garnishes or anything like that. I let the food speak for itself, and it always comes back to that one moment. That's incredible. Um, I mean, I was just about to ask you, what did you learn from the story and how has this influenced you today? And you just answered both of those. And it's just, uh, you know, it's, it keeps us, you know, kind of anchored. And sometimes we get so uh, worked up into these crazy, uh, you know, the trying to get too, uh, I don't know, creative, I guess. And sometimes you just have to keep it simple, like you said, and uh, focus on the basics, just keeping people happy. And I'm sure, I mean, what, what do you think the influence of the people you were with had on that experience? You know, it was all the same thing. We all walked away from that saying, wow, that was amazing. How can we take something like that and do it with what we do in a bigger scale? You know, and we all just talked about it and said, you know, simplicity, simplicity, food, good food, good technique, and a couple of passion is going to give you a great result. No matter who the cook is, we so, can teach you. I can't teach passion, but I can teach you the rest of those things. What are you doing at your, your restaurants now where you use this lesson? You know, especially not, well, a lot of it's in our bank world, in our restaurant, Brasserie Joe. Our Brasserie Joe is proprietor Jean Joho, who's uh, from Chicago, but originally from Let Us Entertain You. And he owns multiple restaurants across the country, okay. like almost 100. Um, and he's the proprietor of our restaurant. And one thing that, you know, I've had a great relationship with Joe, and one thing we talk about all the time is simplicity of food. And it's about just the right techniques. If we're mm-hmm. doing duck confit, we're confiting it for nine hours at a low temp. If we're braising short ribs, we're brining them, we're roasting them, we're braising them, and we're cooking them right. We use only the freshest ingredients, and we buy. We, we have a completely scratch kitchen in the restaurant. And then you go to the banquet world. When I got there, and I've been known for what I do for banquets, everything's scratch. Same thing. My plates are, you know, no covers. Simple. If I'm going to garnish, I'm going to put a little piece of mash on top. Mm-hmm. There's no herbs. There's no spices around the plates. There's no crushed peppers and parsley sprigs and things like that. It's really, really simple, simple food, but it's just done really, really well. And and I tell everyone, we serve restaurant-style food in a banquet setting. I don't serve banquet food. Mm-hmm. It's, and it makes such a big difference that let the food just fuse us. And, you know, back in the day, you've probably been to hotels and things like that and buffets where you get all the fluff and the props and all that stuff. Our buffets are flat on a scuba table, and it's just the food. 
And I get more compliments on how amazing my buffets look, and there's nothing on them but food. Because <laughs> that's the most important thing. Awesome. Um, all incredible advice. Thank you for sharing that all with us, Chef Nick. Uh, the next question I have for you, Chef, is uh, on the topic of hospitality, specifically enlightened hospitality. Um, in this industry, it's no question that we need to have good food and good service. But to really be successful, we need to have that um, that innate ability just to provide a hospitable service. Um, so can you think of a time where maybe you went the extra mile to uh, show hospitality or maybe you saw a team member really going the extra mile to display that hospitality, that warmth, that generosity, that authenticity, um, and share that story with us. You know, we had a, a bride who was getting married, and she was gluten-free. Okay. You know, now everyone says, oh, that's the rage, but, you know, gluten-free is gluten-free, and we do what we can to make sure we accommodate everyone. Well, that wasn't enough. I mean, it's someone's wedding day. It's a day they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. So we literally went and we, we tested different gluten-free recipes, went to different bakers, and we found a bunch of different shops that do gluten-free foods and breads and cakes. And we did the entire wedding gluten-free, and we were kind of more of a surprise to her that, hey, you know what, now you've already ordered your wedding cake gluten-free, the bread's gluten-free, this is gluten-free, this is way free. We did everything we absolutely could to make sure that her experience for her wedding day was one that she would never forget or be worried about. You know, when it comes to service and hospitable things, Every day, everything we do is based on that for us. You know, if it's the simplest as, you know, an employee, even an employee who are internal guests, not feeling well, and, you know, and I'll notice it, and we'll just make a couple of chicken soup and bring them chicken soup. Mm-hmm. I don't have chicken soup on my menu, but it takes me five minutes to make chicken soup. Yeah. But it, it makes that person impacted. It makes their day. And now they're reaching out to the guests that are on the other side of them, if it's a front desk agent, a concierge, even my hotel general manager, it's making their day better, which is then enticing and giving more hospital service to another guest. So, you know, being a chef, we get to touch everyone in every department all the time. Yeah, it's all it's so true. I mean, the, the more you can uh, inconvenience yourself in the interest of the convenience for other people, uh, the more successful you're going to be in this industry. I really do uh, believe that uh, because people do pick up on those inconveniences. And uh, when you do go the extra mile and you are willing just to do whatever it takes just to uh, cater to those particular needs of that particular individual. Uh, it just it never goes to waste. And you might think it's a waste of time, but that's when you really shine. And it's those opportunities, like you said, that just to take care of people, like with your example of uh, the gluten-free, it must have been a headache for you to do all that. But she'll never oh, forget that. Oh, it took Exactly. So uh, incredible advice. Uh, so uh, the next question, Chef Nick, is what is a challenge you uh, uh, or what is the challenge you had or are currently having in this industry, and how are you overcoming that challenge? You know, for me is the challenge is just, let's see, for me it would be more just getting bored. You know, it is a lot of reading to do now, and, you know, there's so much to learn in the culinary. And in keeping people, you know, younger staff, the younger chefs of this world interested. And when I say interested, you know, because, you know, you have the Food Network and mm-hmm. things like that. Now, be like, oh, I'm going to be a chef. I want to be like this person. I want to be like that person. I want to be like this person. Mm-hmm. Well, great. I, I want to be like Escoffier. I want to be like Alan Ducasse, you know, Michel Richard, Thomas Keller. Uh, those are the chefs that I idolize. When I mean, you get other, you know, kids coming out and they want to idolize, you know, the many chefs on Food Network, that's great. But that's a TV show. Mm-hmm. I want to keep it interested, not by watching TV, but by cooking. You know, let's take this beat. What can we do with the beat? Let's have fun with the beat. And they'll just look at me. You know, we're candying the beat. We're making beet powder. Mm-hmm. We're making beet comfy. We're making beet trains. And they're just looking at me like, why? Well, why not? 
Because mm-hmm. food is fun. Food is art. Food is something to play with. The more interested you're going to be, the more valuable you're going to be. You know, and, you know, perfect examples. I took a, um, a young lady from a very prestigious bakery in the city as a banquet cook. And she called me. She's like, Chef, why do you want to hire me? I have no savory experience. I said, you don't. But your experience, what you have with sweet, will change what we do. Mm-hmm. And I will teach you everything else. And she's come aboard, and she is easily one of my strongest cooks because she's not bored anymore, just making cake batters or this and that. She's, you know, with her making um, apple leather to make fruit sushi or for making, you know, savory biscuits or making homemade uh, cheeses, different things like that. And we kind of take her experiences somewhere I'm just making pastry and I'm bored. So now she's so excited and it's made our banquet team so much stronger and our product so much better mm-hmm. that there's nothing we can't do now. Now to me, Chef Nick, it sounds like what you're doing is um, your, your challenge is keeping things from getting boring um, and then the way you're overcoming it is by just engaging. Is that what you would say? Just bringing uh, your, uh, your, your team members into the big picture and to really kind of push them uh, to be more creative and to kind of think outside the box and to really push to their full potential? Yeah, you got to get everyone involved. You know, you go to so many different restaurants or, you know, or even like you take interns. Like, okay, so you're an intern, so you're just going to cut onions the next six weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not fair. What are they going to learn? And and that's those are our chefs. Those are our, That's our fault for making them, you know, unmotivated. And we have to help build those passions to keep them from getting bored to make them better chefs. Mm-hmm. So we really, you know, I took my, my, my pastry cook and said, okay, listen, or my banker cook, I said, August, I want you to call it 10 new desserts. Anything you want, let me taste them. That's She's awesome. like, are you kidding me? Great, chef. You know, my banquet chef, hey, I need 10 new entrees. Now, I could easily go in and just pick all the menus and here, this is what we're going to cook. I hated that when I was growing up, you know, when I was a chef. Now, do I have final say? Of course. But I want your words first to, to not only to push you, but to push me. Because mm-hmm. I might say, hey, geez, you know what? I never thought of that. That's a damn good idea. Well, how can we now take that and make it better? Awesome. You know, so it, everyone working with each other, that's going to make, and it's going to stop the boringness and stop the repetitiveness of uh, boring food. And that's what, you know, being a chef's about sometimes. That's all, all incredible advice. Thank you for sharing it with me and my listeners. And uh, we're going to jump into the part of the show that I like to call knowledge bombs. Um, this is going to be a little bit quicker pace. Um, you're going to drop some big old bombs of knowledge on us that are going to make all of our restaurant teams just a little bit more unstoppable. So the first question I have for you, Chef, is uh, on the topic of employer retention. Uh, what is one of the most, which is you know arguably one of the most challenges, uh, the biggest challenges we face in the industry? So what is it? some advice you might have uh, first to find these great employees and then to keep them around? To keep, well, let's start with keeping them around. Okay. Keep teaching them. Keep teaching them. To find them, it's pretty simple. When someone comes to be a cook for me, mm-hmm. you're going to cook me a steak. You're going to cook me a chicken. From that, I can tell you if you actually even want to be a chef. If you just give me a steak and a piece of grilled chicken, you don't want to do this. You want a paycheck. I'm not going to hire you. You know, if someone tries and it fails, well, you know what? The, the, the passion was there to try it, I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep getting, keep getting not bored. You're going to just keep learning and keep, you know, go. We have a butcher shop. We have a pastry shop. We have a saucier. You work in different areas. You try to learn those things. So it's always about keeping them. It's just about keep them interested. Once they get bored, they're going to leave more and do something else. Great advice, Chef. And the next question I have for you is um, what is one resource, whether it's a book, website, magazine, or podcast, uh, that you would recommend to our listeners? You know, I'm a, you know, one of my favorite books of all time, besides obviously, you know, the French Laundries, Joe Robichon, Escoffier, those books are, you know, every chef should have those in their libraries, no question asked. But A Culinaire is one of my favorite books too, and it's a four issue, um, 
hardcover magazine that comes out you know quarterly every year. And that's one of my favorite things. It's just the best chefs from around the world and just ideas. You know, you just look at ideas and it helps you think. All great recipes come from someone else's recipe, right? Mm-hmm. So if for us, it's just like looking at the things. You just look at it and say, what can I visualize my dish looking at if I change this out or added this? Or, hey, I like that style. I like that technique. And what can I do something different with that technique? Mm-hmm. So that's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite books. Awesome. And, uh, we all know that in this industry, um, there's the, the cooking side and the business side. So do, could you think of any business book that you would recommend to somebody who's looking to open a restaurant? You know, if you look at open a restaurant, one business 101, you know, they have one book called, I think it's called Food Cost Controls, Management, and Inventories. Great book to have. Um, great exercises and great practical and things to use in there, you know, because food cost is key. You know, inventory is key. Labor cost is key. You know, getting that GOP that goes offering profit is important. You just got to know how to get there. You know, it's not It's great when you have this fantastic chef to bring on on the menu and you charge them 30 bucks, but it costs you 40. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a short-lived life. Exactly. Um, and, uh, can you think of just one big lesson that you uh, that stuck with you from that book that you'd like to share with us? Food costs. Yeah, <laughs> As a chef, it. it's all about food costs. Absolutely. Um, you know, I run a daily food cost. We know what we do every single day. We have sheets. We have uh, charts. We have controls every single day. I know what's purchased. I know where my revenues are, my inventories are, and I know exactly how much we're spending, and I know exactly what my cost is every single day. And I tell every chef that's worked for me, I give them the sheet that I've made up. I say, just take it with you. If you use it, great. If you don't, whatever. Mm-hmm. But my GM can call me any point of the day and say, Chef, what's food cost right now? And I can tell you it's at 26% or if it's 27%. Or, you know, running a little high at 35% because we bought, we bought a lot more meat because we're pushing out a little further. Mm-hmm. It's all incredible advice. I mean, in this industry, uh, you can be as passionate as you want, um, and it's good to have that passion. You need it. But if you don't know the business side of things, you just won't make it. And uh, it's so important that we have the big picture. And if you're interested in any of the books that Chef Nick was talking about in today's show, just go to the show notes, Restaurant Unstoppable slash 47, and there will be links provided where you can find those books. And, Chef Nick, the next question I have for you is on the topic of restaurant trends. Uh, are there any trends that have your attention that you are thinking about putting to use or are putting to use? Yo, for us, for this summer, for us, it's been a lot more about, as great as it sounds, just low and slow cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing more braising of porks and, and pulling the porks and pressing lamb shoulders. And, you know, everyone's the big thing of farm to table now. And, you know, it's great. And, you know, we use it too. We do a lot of some farms. And, you know, a lot of my good friends that are chefs are going right to the farms and grabbing their things. Heck, one of them even owns a farm. Um, but, and, and, you know, um, it, it's really, really important to just use seasonal food, you know, in a hotel, it's harder for us to worry about trends. Mm-hmm. You know, my restaurant's a very French, French restaurant. So yeah. it's all about Frank. Yeah. So trends are harder for us. Um, but it's all about using the seasonal food, which, you know, is everyone should be everybody's trend. If it's not, and, you know, granted, you can get microgreens and this and that year round. Doesn't mean they're in season year round. You can get mm-hmm. tomatoes year round. Doesn't mean it's in season year round. Use the product when it's the best and most available, and you can have a great product no matter what the trend is. Awesome advice. And um, the next question I have for you, Chef Nick, is on the topic of, um, you know, we, we get so many new products and services that are coming into the market each and every day that supposedly can help us be more productive, more efficient. But it's kind of hard to filter through all those uh, different services and to find out which ones are worth our investment. So can you think of one uh, product or service that is uh, that maybe you use and that you are seeing a return on investment on? And uh, can you share that with us? You know, <laughs> that's funny because the, the funny thing about that is, you know, a good chef is a good chef is a good chef, period. Mm-hmm. 
You know, there's not much um, equipment or things like that. Thing like, oh, this is great. You know, I bought a fifty-five thousand dollar Rationale last year. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. It, it 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 roasts well. It's even cooking. You know, we've been playing with sous vide, which fantastic. You know, it's a great way to cook and do those things. But you know, at the end of the day, your best equipment, your best piece of equipment, is your passion. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, but if I had to pick one fun thing that we started playing with, it would definitely be our uh, circulator and our cryovac machine because, you know, I can cook with those for 54 hours and they're pink, but they're tender as heck, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, how does that help is, with, uh, uh, like, like efficiency and uh, productivity uh, um, and, uh, you know, just being more effective in general? You know, when you're doing, like, you know, the Serena cryovac, it's consistent cooking for the guys. Yeah. It expediates, expediates the pickup times. It, it's an overall consistent product. You're not worried about the product. You know it's all cooked the same way all the time, and it's actually really, really good. But, you know, for pickup, it makes pickup a lot easier. When you do it, you know, 300, 400 covers in a three-hour span, you know, pickup is really important, mm-hmm. you know, on the line. So that's helped us, um, you know, speedily that a lot. And that's not something that we, we tend to do a lot. You know, we're just kind of more playing with the idea. Um, you know, our rationale also has probably been – the most expensive new purchase for us um, as a one-piece all, but the best purchase that I think we've bought because the way the rationale cooked consistent for us, um, well, for anyone that has one that knows rationale combi ovens, so instead of saying it's night and day from the traditional convention ovens and convectional ovens and things like that, it's a night and day for us. So if anyone's out there can afford it, I would say, you know, <laughs> mold to the home and buy a kit rationale because they're fantastic. <laughs> Awesome. Um, well, my strengths aren't in the kitchen. I'm learning every day. So thank you very much for sharing this information with me. I'll do some research to make myself a little more knowledgeable on those topics. And uh, the next question I have for you, Chef Nick, is on the topic of uh, best business advice for someone getting started in the industry. Best business advice is know what you're talking about. Know your product better than your guests. Know your business better than your guests. Mm-hmm. Go out there. Do research. from If you're going to open a restaurant, do research. Research what you're your guests want, what the people around you want. You know, don't think what you like, everybody likes. You know, I know what I love to eat. Do I think it'll sell in my hometown here? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, you know, you got to realize where you are and what you want to produce. Now, yeah, you want to cook from the heart. You want to cook with love, but you also want to stay open. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure you know what you're preparing, how you're preparing it. And don't lose sight of what your ultimate goal is. Don't lose sight of using your local people. Don't you lose sight of getting the best people, you know, but remember what your clientele wants because they're never the ones that can keep you in business. Absolutely. Such important advice and uh, spot on. Um, and uh, that was the last question I have for you. Uh, I, I usually wrap it up with an opportunity uh, for you to uh, give us maybe a last piece of parting advice or maybe what's one question I could have asked you uh, that you believe would have brought some value to the listeners. You know, my last piece of advice to anyone out there that wants to be a chef, wants to be a cook, you know, and I've said it multiple times, and as you said, the only chefs I've been on the show have said it, is cook with passion, cook from the heart, love what you do. This is a tremendously rewarding, both emotionally, physically, um, field, and it's awesome. I wouldn't, I can't think of anything else in this world I would ever do. Mm-hmm. I really can't. 
I've had so many great chefs work for me that have come on, to come left me to become Food and Wine Best in Chef for America, a James Beard nominees, and you know, and I couldn't be happier of the crew that we've been able to associate ourselves with. But they've all had the same thing in common. It's cooking with passion, cooking with heart. Love what you do, mm-hmm. and you'll be very successful no matter what it is. If you want to work at a fast food or a country club or a hotel, it doesn't matter. It is just a great field that's always turning, always learning. You know, I tell my banker chefs all the time, you know what, let's reinvent. Hey, the chef's buffet is great. We've done it a bunch of times. It looks great. I'm like, great, get rid of it now. They're like, well, what do you mean get rid of it? We just learned it. I'm like, yeah, but now let's reinvent it and make it better. Mm-hmm. It was great the first time. It was great the second time. But now I want to make it even better. You know, I want to reinvent it and make it something that someone doesn't expect now. And that's really important that everyone should always realize, never settle cook from the heart and just have passion and you'll do wonders. Chef Nick, you've had some incredible advice. There's no uh, secret why you've made it uh, as far as you have in your career and why you are so successful. And uh, you, you talk about the passion and if you show up every work and you're doing what you love, um, success is all about how happy you are and how uh, you know satisfied you are in everyday life. And if you, if you have the opportunity to do what you love every day, then you're going to be successful. It's not always monetary success, but it's definitely um, uh, self-actualization success, which is uh, really great stuff. And uh, who's one person in this industry, uh, this is the, the, we're finally wrapping it up, um, who's one person in the industry you admire and believe would be a great addition to the show? To this show, um, oh, this, there's many, but Matt Gaudette, Matthew Gaudette, he is the chef owner of Westbridge in Cambridge. He was the Food and Wine Best in Chef for America last year. I had the great privilege of having him work for me for a few years, and we've become very good friends throughout the time, but definitely one of the most talented, talented chefs I've ever worked with in my life. And attitude-wise, passion-wise, never settling, always saying, okay, let's push it more. How can we change this? How can we make this better? And, uh, you know, we learned a lot from each other, and uh, he would be someone that would be able to give some great advice to you all. All right, Chef Matt Gaudette, I'm going to be coming after you, so look out. I'll try to get you on the show for our listeners. And, uh, and you know, if he's just too busy, there's another guy, Jose Duarte, in the North End, who's talk about, you know, green and students and sustainable. Mm-hmm. He's the man to talk to, too. Yeah. He's freaking fantastic. Yeah. I, and his personality through the roof. Oh, great, Jose. What's his name, Jose? Jose Duarte. How can we connect with you, Chef? Um, maybe if somebody was listening to the show, somebody in the Boston area, uh, you resonated with them. They want to connect with you. And uh, if, how can we connect with you to, to find out maybe about future employment or just to ask any further questions? You know, ask me further questions, things like that. Best way is Twitter. I'm at Chef Colonnade. Um, you know, I tweet a lot of recipes. I tweet a lot of pictures. I answer a lot of questions on there. Um, or go right to our website, colonnadehotel.com. You know, click on Meet the Chef. And my email address is right there. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time and your knowledge and your mentorship. You were an incredible uh, guest, and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much for having me. Another awesome episode here at Restaurant Unstoppable Podcast. Nick was awesome. Uh, His advice was just incredible. I really love how uh, he mentions his passion, uh, his love, and it's just the work ethic that he has that makes him successful. And in this industry, you have to be an absolute machine. You have to be willing to go all the time and love what you do because you'll be miserable with the hours that are, are you know demanded of you if you don't just love every second of it. 
And uh, it's that reward of just being able to show up and do what you love every day that is the uh, the your form of payment. So um, if you if you have that mentality and you work hard and you, you're passionate and, and you love what you do, uh, the the success will come. But you can't uh, have your eye on success. You have to have your eye on your passion and your love, uh, which is I just think such incredible advice that we could all live by in this industry. Also, I love how when we we're talking about what you can do to uh, keep your employees around. He says, challenge them and always to be teaching, have them always be learning. And, uh, it just kind of brings us back to the whole concept of, uh, focusing on the top of those peaks. Um, in, uh, Chip Connolly's book, the peak, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh, people don't just need to get a paycheck. They, they want more than that out of their work. And, uh, if you can teach people and give them a purpose and, uh, challenge them in creative ways so they are finding uh, that self-actualization you're going to be doing incredible things and uh he sounds like that chef nick is doing that at brasserie joe and uh i'm sure it contributes to their success that's all i have for you today such an incredible show i hope you guys enjoyed it i know i did and uh please don't hesitate to connect with me uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, and please tell me who you want to hear from. Like I said, I'm always looking for guests, incredible people to learn from. If you know of any incredible people that you think would make outstanding guests, connect with me, and I'll do my best to connect with them. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm out. Talk to you later.